Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brian Krumah. Reverend Brian Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. We are thankful and we are grateful this afternoon to be in your presence. We ask, O oh God, that you give us of your spirit to minister to us, teach us, O oh God, let it not be of man's wisdom but we pray lord that it will be the engrafted word of god which is able to save our souls lord we ask for receptive hearts give us a heart that receives the word of god the heart that is prepared for a change we thank you in jesus name amen, amen. wonderful why don't you clap your hands together for the lord and you may be seated and this afternoon i want us to continue with the message that we began sharing about how to become a devoted member how to become a devoted member of the church how to become a devoted member and as we are sharing in this scripture or in this message you'll realize that it is also how you become devoted in any relationship how you become devoted in any relationship and everyone who is in any type of relationship wants devotion you want devotion you want commitment whoever you relate with you want a total commitment no one wants to relate with someone whose heart is partially with him or with her amen everyone wants a relationship where there is commitment total commitment or devotion amen. amen wonderful so turn with me to acts chapter 2 and verse 41 acts chapter 2 and verse 41 it says then they that gladly receive his word were baptized and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Amen. Amen. So you realize, you say that when they heard the word of God, they received it with gladness. They received the word of God gladly. And they were baptized. And the same day, they were added to the church. About 3,000 souls were added to the church. And these people, the Bible says, they continued steadfastly. Continued steadfastly. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They continued in the things that they were taught. They continued steadfastly in the teachings, in the doctrines. And the Bible says, and fear came upon every soul. That means reverence. There was respect. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together. They were together. 
and all things were done in common. And they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had in need. And they continuing, how often? Daily. daily. Continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people. That pleased God. That was very pleasing to God. And the Bible says, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So you realize that God likes a church that the members are devoted. When he sees that the members of the church are devoted, they have commitment, he adds to the church. He adds more to the church. And so devotion is something that is expected from you. Commitment is expected from you. God expects that in your service to him, you'll be committed. And so we are teaching or we are learning the ways that we can become devoted. Amen. We are learning how we can become devoted. And number one, we said, see yourself as a permanent member of the church. See yourself as belonging to the house of God. See yourself like that. You have to make that mind. You have to make up your mind like that. That you see yourself as a permanent member. It means you are not going anywhere. This is your home. Amen. That you are serving God in this place. Permanently. You are serving God. Hallelujah. Then number two, we said, your relationship with the church must be comparable to that of marriage. Amen. Amen. That the way you see the church, how you relate to the church, should be comparable to how you relate in a marriage. Amen. Amen. How you relate in a marriage. When you are in a marriage, you are not making any mind that I will be in a marriage today for three, five years and I will be out. Is that how you make a decision when you are getting into a marriage? That is not how we get into a relationship like that. When we are getting married, we don't have a mind that someday we are going to leave. At least for Christians. Isn't that so? Or So we ought to be devoted to the church as we were in a marriage. We ought to be devoted in a church. And there are certain things that we have to do to keep the marriage going. There are certain things. And we shared last week that it's like two rivers that come together. When two people are getting married, or when you are joining the church, it's like two rivers that are coming together. Two rivers, when they come together and they collide at the point of meeting or the point of collision, there is a lot of turbulence. Isn't that so? There is a lot of turbulence. There is a lot of disturbances. Each river trying to go one direction. Each river going their own path. And then they collide. So you would expect a lot of turbulence. Amen. Amen. But then with time, say with time. Say with time. With time, when the two rivers, 
as they collide, as they collide, you will see that there's a lot of forces coming together at a point of collision. There's a lot of forces, but with time, with time, they have to give in. They have to give in because they will realize that they can't go any further. You are trying to come here and I'm trying to get here. So with time, you see that they have to give in and they take another direction, completely different from the direction that they were going. Oh, you don't understand what I'm sharing with you. Yeah. If you have two people who are getting married, please, pastor, can you come? You stand here. And missus, can you also come from this direction? You have two people who are coming together. Do you see? From different backgrounds. Different parents raised differently. Different type of thinking. Do you understand? Different way of thinking. Besides the different sex and their chemical compositions also. Do you understand? So if you decide to come together, you are coming. And you are coming. Please, start and come. You are coming. You look. You are going this way. You are also going this way. And then you come here. And then you meet. So you want to keep going your own way. Can you, you see? Do you see? You see, they want to, you want to go your own way. You also want to go this way. So they will stay here constantly, not moving forward. Not moving forward. Now they have two options. They have two options. You see? Either one will turn so that they will go in their same direction. For which situation, that person will not be happy. It means forgoing everything you are and then going the opposite. Do you understand? Forgoing everything you are and then going the opposite. But God in his wisdom, he says at the point of collision, there is something that makes them go in one direction. At the point of collision, God expects submission from this one and he sub- expects love from this one. So when the love and the submission collide and they mix together and they allow it to work, you realize that now he cannot go this way and she cannot go that way anymore. You see that now they both begin to go in a direction like this. And then they will flow. And then they will flow. Do you understand? So they can stand here and collide and constantly collide and constantly collide and they don't get anywhere. They don't go forward. But if they are allowed, and then you realize, please, you may sit, and you realize, you will realize that at the point when they give in, when they allow themselves to take a common path, it is neither of their direction. It is neither of their direction. It is not this direction, and it's not that direction. So when you come together, you cannot insist that I will continue to eat the type of food that I like. You cannot insist that I'll continue to cook the way I used to cook. When I will cook whenever I want. You cannot insist that I'm going to leave my clothes in the house anyhow as I used to. You cannot do you cannot continue and say, Why do you not allow me to just leave my clothes? This is how I used to live. This is how I have lived all my years. Then you are not prepared to be in a relationship. If you are going to insist on your way, then you are not prepared to be in a relationship. 
if you are going to insist on leaving your bedroom messy as you used to be when you were single, then you are not, and say, I was happy before I met you. You know, I was okay before I met you, and you cannot now change me. Isn't that what we say? Yes. You can't change me. Yes. But God expects that here you can't continue in the same direction, neither can you continue in that same direction. You're going to have to take a different path, totally different from each of your directions. <laughs> totally different. And this is what many couples don't get. This is what many couples don't get. And you insist on your ways. You insist on cooking the same way. I like pepper. I like spicy food. And I don't like spicy food. I like spicy, but I don't like spicy food. But spicy food, if it's not spicy, I can eat it. So now you can continue and insist on eating spicy food. Then you realize you are not going anywhere. And there's constant collision. Amen. So if you allow time, if you allow time, and the same way, when you join us, you know, when you come and become a part of us, you need to give us time. With time, you realize that we are a very sweet church. With time, you realize that we are a very loving church. With time, you realize that we are a very accommodating church. Hallelujah. But you just don't give us time. You don't give us time. It's a time factor. There's a time factor. You see, I have realized that there are certain complications, certain situations in marriage that no amount of counseling, no amount of counseling can solve that problem. Sometimes just time. But if they will allow that time, but a lot of times people are not able to allow the time. Amen. I realize that nothing works except time. Hallelujah. So tell your neighbor, be fully committed. Be fully committed. Amen. God does not like us to serve him half and half. Do you know what is half and half? Yeah. Some people like half and half. But God doesn't like us to serve him half and half. There's a scripture in Mark chapter 12 and verse 30. Jesus said something. He said, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Not half of it. He says, with all thy heart. He says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is Jesus. He says, this is how you relate with God. This is how you love God. If you are loving God, it is not half and half. It is not sometimes and some days. Your commitment to God must be all the time. Amen. All the time. If you want something from God, you cannot search for him half and half. Jeremiah 29 and verse 13. He said, And ye shall seek me. Are you with me? He says, and ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search me or search for me with what? With all your heart. This is God's condition. He says, the way to find me is when you shall search me with all your heart. 
not some of your heart not half of your heart not part of your heart when you shall search me with all your heart with all your heart hallelujah some of you don't benefit from the church because you are not fully committed to us you don't you you don't you you are not with us with all of your heart so you don't benefit from it you see most marital problems most of the problems in a marriage before they come to a pastor before they say let's go and see a pastor then you realize it has gone on for a good while it has gone on for a good while and it has gain momentum and gain roots do you understand so most problems most marital problems by the time it appears or it comes before the pastor it has gained roots so one session of counseling is not going to take care of that problem or one day of a message when you come to church you see for instance this message we are sharing you realize we started sharing it last week so one message will not take care of the problem you know sometimes there are some people that um, when they have some friends and they encounter some difficulties and they know they have certain problems in their marriage they say oh come to church and talk to my pastor come to church and talk to my pastor you know one day of session cannot take care of the problem that has gained root that has gained momentum that is giving off branches one sitting of a session of a counseling will not take care of that sometimes it takes counseling upon counseling sometimes message after message just being here and being committed you realize that the problems are just dropping off and they are leaving you as you continue steadfastly in the doctrine of the teachings as you continue you realize that the problems are falling off you as you continue steadfastly sometimes you look back and you realize you know we used to have this problem and we don't have it anymore it has dropped off it is the power of the word of God. Yes. Amen. Amen. So it is not one day or one session of counseling that you sit and then it's done. And then you go and the problem that has developed roots is gone. It doesn't go away like that. Amen. Amen. There are certain problems that can be taken care of. But many problems, they don't go away like that. You know, sometimes when you, you go to the car wash, you know, if the car has not been washed for a while and you just do a drive-through wash you come out and you are not happy how it is washed do you understand but then you turn around and look at another car and it's looking really nice the same drive-through because your problem is different your problem has taken roots and it's caked do you understand? It's, it's, it's cemented. You know, I've realized that there are certain debts that come on the car. Sometimes they have to lift the car up and use certain strong nozzles. And they have to focus on a particular spot because the debt that is in the area, it needs constant spraying and with power. 
and with strength. And the same spot, hit the same spot constantly, constantly, and then you realize with time, the dust starts falling. The dead starts falling as you hit it constantly. It starts falling. So this sporadic service of God and church attendance is not going to help you. It is not going to help you. You ought to be committed. You have to be fully committed and steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Continuing steadfastly in the doctrine. Hallelujah. When you allow the problem to go on and go on and go on, one session of counseling is not going to take care of it. When your phone is dying and you don't quickly find a charger and plug it, and you allow the phone to die completely and it turns off, you realize that when you got the power and you connect it, the life doesn't come on immediately. You will think that the phone is dead. But if you keep it in, if you keep it plugged in, if you keep it plugged into the supply of power, you realize that with time, it starts shining up again. Something starts showing up. As if it is dead, as if it's not dead. And something starts keeping up. And then some silly things start turning around on the phone. Still, it's not working. But if you keep it plugged in and keep it in there, you realize with time, everything comes alive. All the icons start lifing. Everything comes up. Everything, every function of the phone starts now working. But you need to keep it there for a while. So you can just plug in and say, there's no power here, and then you pull it out. And then you are looking for another one. Then you will keep going on and on and on. You will never see the power of electricity if you don't have the patience to plug it in and leave it for a while. Are you with me? So you need commitment. You need commitment to experience the benefit, the power of God. You need commitment. He says, if you will search me with all your heart, not part of it, with all your heart, amen, if you will search me. Most of our problems, they are cupful. They are cupful. Isn't that so? Most of our problems are cupful. So, a cup full of problems, you can't just use a spoonful to empty that cup. You can't use a spoonful and say, I took a spoonful, but it didn't work. Are you with me? But if you will allow spoonful after spoonful, spoonful after spoonful, spoonful after spoonful you realize that the cupful is totally empty after many 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 spoonfuls of taking out so you need commitment this i am here today i am not here today it's not helping you it is not helping you you need commitment you need commitment you have to be fully committed Amen. You have to be fully committed. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, be fully committed. The third thing, see yourself as a part of a building. See yourself 
as a part of a building. See yourself like that. Your membership. See yourself as a part of a building. Hallelujah. If you see yourself or your membership as a part of a building, you realize you are not going anywhere. You realize that you are not moving. When we, we put up a building and it's completed, we know the parts are established. The parts are not going anywhere. The only thing that will make us take the part off is when it is dead. Do you understand? That is the only time when it is dead, when it ceases to function, then do we take it out and then we replace it. So you also see yourself as a part of a building. That the only time you are not a part is when you are dead and we will bury you. We will bury you too. When you die, we will bury you. If I die, you bury me. Look, either I am going to die for you to bury me or you are going to die and I'll bury you. There's one thing that is for sure. That one day, you will die. And the Bible says after that, there's judgment. That is one thing that we have to worry about. That there will be judgment. After death, there will be judgment. Hallelujah. But see yourself as a part of a building. See yourself as a part of a building. You may be a very small part of the building. You may look like a very insignificant part of the building. But as long as you see yourself as a part of the building, you realize that you are established and you are not going anywhere. And no matter how small a part you are, your absence, your absence creates a lot of inconveniences for many other people. Or you don't get what I mean. If you are a part of a building, then your absence, you see, when you see yourself like that, then you realize how important you are in the building. If you are a part of a building, your absence creates a lot of problems. It creates a lot of inconveniences for so many people, as insignificant as you may think. Amen. Let's say, for instance, that you are the toilet of the building. This is the part you are. You are the toilet of the building. How would you feel when you come to your house and the toilet says, the next door neighbors needed me, so I've moved out. Are you with me? Would you be happy? That he says, the next door neighbors had a need on the weekend, so I've moved out. Or every now and then, it closes itself, and you can't get in. Would you be happy? You will not be happy. Then you realize that, as not important as it may seem, that you don't spend so much money even decorating that place, you realize that its function and its continual availability, it is very, very important to you. And you cannot handle any moment when it is not functioning or when it's not available. 
So if you see yourself as a part of a building, you realize your absence creates a lot of inconveniences. Your absence causes a lot of inconveniences. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? You cannot expect that you come and the toilet has closed. And he says, not today. Not today. Today I am not working. Whenever something like that happens, it creates inconveniences. That is why when any one of you don't show up, we come after you. Because your absence creates a lot of inconveniences. Your absence, it means looking and not even seeing you, creates inconvenience. It makes me wonder what is even happening to you. Are you with me? So I come after you. I send people after you. And then you wonder why. Amen. You wonder why. So your absence creates a lot of inconvenience. I am announcing to you. And your absence, no matter how good a reason it is, no matter how strong a reason for your absence, I am telling you that I don't like it. In advance. I'm telling you. Are you with me? As important as your reason may be or may sound, I am still not happy when I come to my house despite the fact that my next door neighbors were desperate and they needed the toilet so badly. As important as that reason may be, I am still not happy that I need my toilet to function and it's not functioning. So, no matter what the reason is, no matter what the reason is, I am just not happy that you are not here. I am not, I'm telling you in advance. So, those of you who call me and you know, you feel good, Reverend, today it's my weekend to work, so I am not coming. I am telling you in advance that I am not happy about it. Yes, I know that you are working. Thank you for letting me know, but I'm telling you, I am not happy. Amen. Amen. You will not be happy when you come your house, you have a building and every now and then the door moves away. The door, your entrance, the door to the entrance of your house, it moves away. And it's not there. And then you wake up and you realize that there is no door. And then the door shows up. And then another time the door is not there. Would you be happy? Would you be happy with a door like that? So you will will bolt the door down. You will tie the door. You will make sure the door is secured. That the door cannot move. So I also, I make sure that I have a hook on you. I need your email address. I need your Facebook. I need your Twitter. I need your Snapchat. I need everything that I can have to hook you so that you are not moving. So those of you who hide and you, you know you have some numbers that are not working and when your pastor calls you, you don't answer. Uh, 
and you changing your numbers and giving fake numbers and you have you broken you broken you broke your pastor may the lord forgive you your sins amen so we need commitment we need commitment amen we need commitment those of you who work in a church we need you every time that we meet we need you every time we meet because you will not be happy if you came in a church and all the instrumentalists didn't show up would you be happy that we are just worshiping and that we are just clapping you will not be happy or you came to church one day and the microphone says we were used too much last friday we were used too much, so we are sleeping. We are sleeping. Would you be happy? But that is what you do. I was so tired last night, so I couldn't come. Isabella, wasn't I working last night? I was working. Did I not look tired? Was I not busy during the day? Was I not running back and forth? But I am here this morning. Amen. Amen. So this excuse, you see, because we don't have that same attitude towards work. We don't have the same attitude towards work. So I don't understand why when it comes to the work of God, and it's called the work of God. It is the work of God. The work of the most high God. The most reverence work. The highest paid job you can ever have. Are you with me? So I don't understand. When it comes to that, we have a different attitude towards it. We have a different attitude towards it. We just don't show up. You, there is never a time that you say, I set my alarm and it didn't go off, so I didn't go to work. You don't have that. Why were you not in church? Oh, I set my alarm, but I, I don't know. It, it didn't go off. Oh, I came and I said, I was just taking a little nap and I fell asleep. How often do you take a little nap so that you don't go to work? You fall asleep and you don't go to work. Are you with me? Yes. And when you don't go, when you are not going to work, if for some unforeseen circumstances you are not going to work you just don't not show up you don't do that you just do not just not show up and i didn't come but you ensure that when you are not there what you are supposed to do gets done you ensure that you call someone to let the person know that i am not coming so they can find someone to do your work for you when there's a situation that I am not coming to, do I not call you and report that? Do we say we're calling in sick or we're calling out sick? Which one is it? Is it call out sick or call in sick? I don't get it, you know. They say I call, he, he called in sick. He called out sick. Which, do I not call him? So how come you just choose to not show up? You are a Sunday school teacher. Sunday school teacher, you have a congregation that is waiting for you. You are a pastor. You are a minister. 
they are pastor, they are waiting for you, and you just don't show up. You have been given a portion of the scriptures to study and come and share with them, and you just don't show up. And you think it is okay, but you don't have the same attitude when it comes to working for the world. Amen. Amen. Let us change our attitude towards the work of God. Hallelujah. I say, let us change our attitude towards the work of God. Amen. Amen. Let us have the same attitude, if not even better, towards the work of God than we have for the world. Amen. Amen. Most of you are very responsible workers. Very Very responsible workers. Uh, Most of you have not called in sick at all ever since you started working at the places you are working. You have never called in sick. But when it comes to the work of God, you, you don't call out. You don't call in. You just don't show up. No call, no show. You are lucky the Lord has not fired you. <laughs> no call, no show. We can't find you. Can you imagine your job cannot find you? Has it, has it happened to you before? But that's happened to you in a church. Amen. Some of you don't even take vacation. Even they beg you, they say, take vacation. You say, no, 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 no. I don't need it. You are the best employee. Let us call you the best church member. I say, let us call you the best church member. Never miss work. Never call out. Never called in. Never late. Amen. Amen. Today I was sitting outside and I was seeing how people were just strolling in. Strolling in. Let's have the same attitude towards the things of God. Amen. Amen. The next thing, say good things about the church. Say good things about the church. Say good things about the church. Amen. You see, the good things you say about the church is always a recommendation to others. And people depend on that. People depend on that. Hallelujah. You see, it is not easy to choose when you have several options. It is not easy to choose. It is not easy when you need something and you have no idea or you don't have any information about it. And you don't, you don't even trust the information that you are seeing. So you realize that is why so many people read other people's opinion and other people's review about things. When you are purchasing something of value, you're always looking for other people's opinion, other people's reviews. And you read them, and then you read the ones who give one star. And see why they don't like it. But then you realize that so many people are saying so many good things about the thing. And so sometimes you are choosing the thing, not that that will must be your choice, but because of what others are saying about it. Say good things about your church. I say, say good things about your church. 
Say good things about your marriage. Say good things about your children. Say good things about the church. Amen. It is how you speak about the church that people will relate to the church. Are you with me? It is how you speak about the church. You know, so many people, so many people wants to live in America. There are so many people that want to live in America. So many people. The, I mean, the entire world want to live in America. Is it because there are only good things here? Is it because there are only good things here? There are problems here. But people don't highlight the problems that are here. They talk about the good things that are here. And so, so many people want to live here because of the things that they hear. Because of the things that they hear. So many people want to live, even Americans want to live or come to New York. If you don't know, I'm telling you that you are joking with it like that. (laughs) There are so many Americans, so many people worldwide who want to come to New York. So many people. Is it because New York is the best place? There is so much niceness and everything is nice in New York. Is that the reason why so many people? Because people do not highlight the problems of the city. People do not highlight the problems that are here. They talk about the good things. They say the city that is so great, it is named twice. New York, New York. The city that never sleeps. The big apple. I mean, come on. If a city is described as an apple. Are you with me? So, because of that, so many people want to come here. So many people want to live here. But you and I know that there are problems here. There are problems here. Wherever you are from, when you go, you don't highlight the problems. You don't talk about you don't talk to people about the homelessness that is in the place. Or is that what you highlight? Are there no homelessness in this place? We don't talk about the smell. It is not what we advertise. You don't go out and talk to people about the, the death that is in this place. The rats. Are there rats here? In New York, New York, New York. The big apple. Are there rats here? Are there roaches here? Is that what we talk about? We don't talk about roaches in New York. So, so many people want to live here. So many people want to come here. So many people don't know. We don't talk about the expense. That is very expensive to live in this city. We don't talk about the tickets. Is that what we highlight? That is a city when you pack your car, you will get a fine. Is that what we highlight? That is not what we talk about. We don't talk about unemployment. We don't talk about the rent. We only talk about the good things, the nice things. And because of that, everyone wants to be here. That does not mean that there are no problems here. So it doesn't mean we don't have problems, but do not highlight our problems. Speak good things about your church. Say good things about your church. 
say nice things about your church. Amen. Yes. Say nice things about your church. That some of you, it is because of you that people lose their salvation. Because of the things you say. People lose their salvation. And their blood will be requested at thy hand. Are you with me? So say good things about the church. There are many problems, but that is not what we need to highlight. We are not a perfect church. There is no such thing as a perfect church. But don't highlight the issues that we have in a church. Say good things about the church. Tell your neighbor, say good things about the church. And don't tolerate people who say bad things about your church. Do not tolerate them. Say, my church is great. My church is powerful. Amen. I love my church. In fact, you should even start wearing a t-shirt. That's it. I love my church. (laughs) Amen. Let me give you one more before we go. Say good things about the pastor. (laughs) Say good things about the pastor. Are you going to say good things about the pastor? Yes. Say good things about the pastor. I'm teaching you how to be a committed member. A committed member says good things about his pastor. A committed member says nice things about her pastor. Say good things about your pastor. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 9. Second Chronicles chapter 9. And verse 1. It says, And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon. Are you with me? It says, And when the queen of Sheba did what? How did she hear? Somebody must have told her. Somebody must have told her certain things. So the Bible says, and when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, was Solomon a perfect man? Do you think someone went to the queen of Sheba and be telling him and telling her, look, Solomon, no young girl goes near him and comes out free. Do you think those were the things that they were telling her? We will see in the scripture if those were the things that they were telling her. Even though Solomon had these problems. Steve, are you with me? He had these problems. He had problems with women. But look, we didn't hear that the queen of Sheba had and then she did her makeup nicely with the short skirt and coming and showing all kinds of things to come and meet Solomon. Is that why she came? But look, it says, when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came. She came. She came because of what she had. Say good things about your pastor. I say, say good things about your pastor. He says that when she heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to prove Solomon with hard questions. With hard questions. 
She searched for questions that had not been answered. Searching for the literature, searching in the books about questions that men have not been answered. Or men have not been able to answer. So the Bible says she came with hard questions at Jerusalem, wherever she came from. Some people say from Ethiopia, wherever she came from. She came with hard questions with a very great company. You see, when you are coming to a place with a very great company, then you know that you are going to meet a great person. Do you understand? Then you know that you are going to meet a great person. You don't come with a great company because you don't say good things about your pastor. I'm teaching you how to be committed. Gifty, how to be committed. He said, she came with a great company and camels that bear spices. That's all they were carrying, camels. Camels were like truck loaders. And they were carrying, all they were carrying, spices. So, camel carrying spices, camel carrying gold in abundance. Do you think she heard some silly things about Solomon? Small, small things about Solomon? And she's coming like that. She's coming with gold in abundance and precious stones. She's coming in majesty because of what she has heard. Because of what she has been told. Because of the people who know Solomon, what they have said about him. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him. Of all that was in her heart. She communed with him. Of all that was in her heart. She, she fell. Because she heard great things about this man. She heard that you can trust him. You see, some of you don't say good things about your pastors. So sometimes when people come to church, they don't open up to the pastor. Because they have not heard good things from you. Be careful with the pastor. If you tell him your things, he'll use it to preach. You know, he's a very nice guy, but be careful. <laughs> if you tell him all your things, don't say everything. Just give him. But the Bible says she communed everything that is in her heart. Because of what she has heard of him. And Solomon told her all her questions. You see, when you go to see a doctor and you are giving half what is wrong with you? Oh, you know, sometimes it goes and it comes. What? Oh, it comes and goes. Oh, you don't say it. You know, half of your solution is in the history. It's in the things that you say. At the end of your story, most of the time, really good doctors, they know what is wrong with you. At the end of your story. After you finish narrating your story, they know. What is wrong with you? Without having to do any other test. So she said, she communed with everything that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions. And there was nothing hid from Solomon, which he told her not. Solomon also opened up. He said, if it's in my head, I will let it out. Heart to heart. Because of what she heard. Verse 3. 
It says, and when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon. Are you watching? He said, when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon and the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants. Wow. And the attendance of his ministers and their apparel. Wow. His car bearers also and their apparel. Even the servants in the house, the things that they are wearing. You see, that is why you have to belong to a great house. It doesn't matter who you are. Even when you are a servant, you dress nicely. You live well. You do well. Amen. Amen. And you are in a good house. I say you are in a good house. I tell you, you are in a good house. He said, and their apparel and his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord. His ascent is walking. You know, Solomon was like, the way he was walking. You know, the woman looked and she checked the things out. And look at this. You see, he says, and his accent, accent by which he went up into the house of the Lord. There was no more spirit left in her. It's like, she's like. You see, Solomon, there was, this is her observation. And there was no more spirit left in her. Do you understand? And you see, depending on what you say about the person, the person is coming with expectation. And so she's taking note of the servants. She's taking note of the accent. She's taking note of the cup bearers. She's, take, she's taking note of the apparel. She's taking note of the setting of the table because of what she has heard. Because of what she has heard. Because of what you say about your pastor, people come in with notebooks ready to write because of what you say. Because you say, when she says something, write it. If she says something, write it. It's going to work for you. Because of what she has heard. He said there was no more spirit in her. No more spirit in her. Verse 5. And she said to the king, it was a true report. It was a true report which I heard in mine own land of thine acts and of thine wisdom. The things that the people were saying about you, now I have seen with my own eyes that they were true reports. I heard great things and my eyes have come to see that indeed they were telling me powerful things about you. Say good things about your pastor. Kofi, say good things about your pastor. Amen. Say good things about your pastor. I know you invite a couple of your friends. It depends on what you say. Say good things about your pastor. How be it? I believe not their words. Because sometimes when you are saying certain great things, they don't believe. You say, how be it? I believe not their words until I came and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, the one half. Oh, you don't like my message. 
be it, I believed not their words until I came and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, the one half of thy greatness, of thy wisdom, was not even told me. That means the things that they told me is not even half of that, what I am seeing. And that is how it should be. Me, that is how it should be. Say good things about your pastor. Sheila, say good things about your pastor. Amen. Akira, say good things about your pastor. Say good things about your pastor. Amen. He says, how be it? I believe not their words until I came and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, the one half of the greatness of thy wisdom was not told me. For thou exceedest the fame that I had. <laughs> Hallelujah. That I had. She only had reports. And she took a long journey with an entourage and came. And then, happy are thy men, and happy are these thy servants. You see, these things you say to them, you say, come. My church, they are happy people. They are happy. Are you not happy? Ah. Are you not happy? Happy are thy men, and happy are these thy servants, which stand continually before thee and hear thy wisdom. Amen. You see, now she was even jealous about these servants who are just hanging around waiting to serve him and hearing the wisdom of this great man. You don't know what you have. You see, you don't know what you have. Until someone comes from afar off to come and tell you. That you are hearing some great things. Verse 8. It says. Blessed be the Lord thy God. Which delighted in thee. To set thee on on his throne. To be king for the Lord thy God. Because thy God loved Israel. To establish them forever. Therefore made he thee king over them to do judgment and justice and verse 9 maybe we can read verse 9 it says and she gave the king 120 talents of gold this is a rich man already are you with me but she her heart he said there was no spirit left in she she was just she gave the king 120 talents of gold and of spices, great abundance and precious stones. Neither was there any such spice as the queen of Sheba gave King Solomon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The woman came prepared. She really came prepared because of the things that she had. Amen. I was going to read one more scripture with you, but our time is up. And then we, will, we want to pause here. We have communion. We will pause here. And God willing, we will continue next week when we meet again. So, how do you become a devoted member? Number one, see yourself as a permanent member. Number two, 
your relationship to the church must be comparable to a marital relationship. Number three. See yourself as a part of a building. You are not going anywhere. You are a part of the building. You will not be happy if you came to your house and the kitchen has moved. You have come with your grocery and the kitchen has moved. Or you, you came to your house, you are sleeping and then it started raining and the roof has taken off. They say we have moved to the next door because they need roof. Are you happy? No. You will not be happy. So see yourself as a part of a building. You are needed. You are needed. And the next one. Say good things about the church. Say good things about the church. And the next one. Hallelujah. Say good things about the pastor. Say good things about the pastor. Clap your hands together for the Lord. And stand to your feet. Let us bring the service to a close. Let us bring the service to a close. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us from your word how to be a committed member, how to be a devoted member. Lord, we thank you for this wisdom. We glorify your name. We give you honor in the name of Jesus. Now, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, if there's anyone here this afternoon, you are not born again, you have not given your life to Jesus, you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. I want to be born again. I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life. If there's anyone here like that, you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are saying, I don't want to go to hell when I die. I want to be with Jesus. When Christ comes, I want to be with him. If I die, I want to be with Jesus in heaven. I want to be with Jesus. If that is your prayer, if that is your prayer, you want to receive Jesus as your Savior, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus as your Savior? You want to welcome Jesus into your life as your personal Savior? If that is your prayer, lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Anyone here? Do not leave this place without receiving Jesus. Anyone here like that? Let him have his way. Father, we are thankful and we are grateful for the gift of God, the gift of salvation. Thank you, Lord, for sending us your only begotten son to die for us. That when we die, we will not go to hell. We will not perish in the lake of fire. But we will be with you in your kingdom we give you glory we give you honor in jesus name amen, amen. wonderful why don't you we believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message we invite you to join us on sunday afternoons for our duel of heaven service and tuesday evenings for our word power service for more messages by reverend brighton kuma please subscribe to the qfc bronx north podcast or contact us at 929-247 0738. Stay blessed.